Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League, Saturday 28th of August 2018. Arsenal vs West Ham United. Kick-off 3pm. Contents. Head coach. Captain. Voice of Arsenal. Player feature, Lucas Torreira. Unique achievement. On this day. 100. Tales of the Century. Stats. Program feature. Club culture. Match action, Chelsea vs Arsenal. Arsenal women. Visitors, West Ham United. Life at the top. Match action, Arsenal vs Manchester City. Teams. Head coach, Unai Emery. The head coach looks back on the Manchester City and Chelsea defeats and discusses the threat posed by West Ham. Info, born Honda Arabia, Spain, November 3rd, 1971. Previous clubs as manager, Lorca Deportivo, Almeria, Valencia, Spartak Moscow, Sevilla and Paris Saint-Germain. When I look back at our first two matches, I do see some positives in how we've performed at times. Towards the end of the first half against Chelsea, we made lots of chances, but unfortunately we could not take them, which was disappointing for us. We have to carry on creating those attacking situations, those opportunities, whilst not losing our balance. If we make chances, I'm sure that we will score a lot of goals because we have the players to do that. So today, let us make sure we do that. Sometimes you can have games where you don't score from three good chances and then in the next match you score all the opportunities you have. Variety is important, but the key is to go forward and be dangerous in attack, be that with one long direct pass or by progressing forward and controlling the possession. We have the ability to score team goals like Alex Awobi's against Chelsea or by advancing forward with less passes. What's important is is that the players select the best moment to attack in whichever way is needed. Overall, there are of course things for us to improve. We've lost the first two matches, we haven't controlled those games enough, and we've been punished for that. Now it's time for us to change that here at Emirates Stadium, in front of you, our own fans, who've been very supportive of me so far and deserve a win. 
I think it's very important to show our fans a better performance than in the first two games. The key to get the win is to transmit our ideas. It's clear that every game demands different things tactically. After the first two matches, we have two defeats and we need to win this match against West Ham. That will be tricky because they are a good team with good players and a good coach. They know the Premier League very well and they have a lot of new players. I want us to control the game, to play with intensity in every single moment. To have that control, we need to make sure that we don't let the opposition play. That will be a demanding challenge against a good team, but we need to find that control if we're to win the match. Before each game, we analyse the opposition in detail, looking at their capacity, their system and their ideas, as well as how we can create our chances against that system. We always analyse our matches to find the best process for us to improve what needs work and enhance what we've done well. I love to watch analysis videos of our performances and of the opposition. We've had a nice addition to the training ground this week with Laurent Koscielny returning. He's working very hard. First he was in France, he came back to us last Sunday. We're happy to have him here with us because he's our captain and he's showing us his spirit to stay with us. We need to be patient with him because the injury was a big one. It's difficult to know when Laurent could play, but his progress has been very good. Finally, I would like to welcome back to Emirates Stadium the former Arsenal players now at West Ham. Jack Wilshire was at this club for a very long time from a young age and he will get a very good and thoroughly deserved welcome from all fans at the stadium. I spoke with him at the training ground before he left. The first thing for me is I have respect for his career here. He chose what the best was for him in his future. I know that the supporters here like him and have this respect also. There will be a good reception for him, but then we're going to focus on the game and do our all to win. But importantly, I would like to wish Jack the best for his career. Enjoy the match. From Emery Angle. Every matchday programme, we provide extra insight into the life and times of our new head coach. Unai was a professional footballer operating in midfield throughout a 15-year professional career, primarily in Spain's second tier. Both his father Juan and his grandfather Antonio were footballers. In fact, both were goalkeepers, with grandfather Antonio being one of the finest keepers of his generation. Pajarajito, birdie as he was known, we're not sure why, maybe his flying saves, played for Real Union for 12 seasons, winning the Copa del Rey twice, beating Real Madrid in the 1924 final. The Basque club were founder members of La Liga in 1928 and Antonio spent the rest of his career in the top flight before retiring in 1932. <laughs> Captain Laurent Koscielny, Info, born Toul, France, September the 10th, 1985. Joined Arsenal from Lorient on July 2nd, 2010. Previous clubs, Guincamp, Tours, Lorient. Arsenal debut versus Liverpool, away, league, August 15th, 2010, true, 1-1. First Arsenal goal versus Bolton Wanderers, home, league, September the 11th, 2010, 1-4-1. Arsenal honours, FA Cup winner, 2014, 2015, 2017. Community Shield winners, 2014, 2015. 
Our skipper returned to London this week to step up his rehabilitation and write his first ever captain's notes for the programme. First of all, I want to wish you all a great new season. I'm now back in London after two and a half months in France where I continued my rehabilitation. I spent some intense weeks in Saint-Raphaël in the south of France where I worked really hard through the summer to get better. I had a great physio with me there who pushed me to improve every day. My body responded very well to what he wanted me to do and despite some apprehension at the beginning I was able to do a bit more each day. Overall, my rehab is going well and according to plans. I've started running again and doing some small jumping exercises. I don't want to rush anything, though. I knew as soon as it happened it was serious. My friend and former teammate Francis Coquelin also suffered a serious Achilles injury just a few days before me. He told me how he felt when it happened, and I felt exactly the same. The pain was so unusual. Immediately, I thought about everything. My game is over. My season is over. There will be no World Cup for me. It's hard at the beginning, but you have to move on really quickly and start thinking positively about coming back stronger. When I was in San Rafael, which is a special rehabilitation centre for big injuries, I met a lot of people who are not sportsmen and who suffered horrendous injuries. It put my problem into perspective. Now I know that if I keep this determination and keep working hard, I will be able to come back stronger than I was before the injury. I don't want to set an exact date on when I could be back playing again, because I would be disappointed if then I'm not back at that time. But I'm making good progress, and that's the most important thing for now. Monday was my first day back at the training ground since May, and it was really good to be back to see everyone again, and also plenty of new faces. I was buzzing to be back with the boys. I found a great atmosphere in the dressing room. The team spirit will be very important this season, and I can tell already that this dressing room is happy, together, and that everyone is pulling in the same direction. The new signings have integrated very well, and despite the two defeats in the league so far, the mood is good. I had a good chat with Une too. We have met before, after he was unveiled and we were in touch as well while I was in France. He was across everything I was doing in my rehabilitation, either through me or through our medical staff. Unai knows what he wants. He is driven, ambitious and hard-working. His methods are different from what we have been used to before, so we all need a bit of time to adapt. But I am convinced we will get there. I watched our first two games against two top teams and I thought there were a lot of positives. The way we pressed, the chances we created, especially at Chelsea. It was encouraging. Results will come if we keep working hard and doing what the coach wants. Today is a huge game and I know we can deliver. I will be in the stands and I can't wait. I am really proud to be Arsenal's club captain this season. It means so much to me. This is my ninth season at the club and I'm really excited by it. It's a new era and we have everything in place to have a great season. As you all know, France won the World Cup in the summer, which was a great achievement for the boys and the manager Didier Deschamps. I was focused on my rehab and didn't really want to travel to Russia, but I couldn't turn down the invitation from the French president Emmanuel Macron. So I went to the final and felt mixed feelings. 
I was happy for the team, but also disappointed that I was missing out. Finally, I would also like to wish the people who have left the club this summer, Arsene Wenger in particular, but also all the members of staff, all the best for the future in their new adventures. Arsenal is a very special family, and we will never forget what they brought to the club. Now, a new era has started, and we all need to embrace it, players, staff and fans. Laurent was speaking to Julian Lawrence. Voice of Arsenal Arrivederci, Joel and David David Ospina will spend the 2018-19 campaign on loan in Italy at Napoli. Elsewhere, Joel Campbell has joined fellow Serie A side Frosinone Calcio on a permanent transfer. David joined us from Nice in 2014 after six seasons in League One and has made 70 appearances, including starting the 2017 FA Cup final win over Chelsea. Versatile forward Joel joined us from Deportivo Saprissa in August 2011 and made 40 first-team appearances. He also spent time on loan at Lorient, Olympiacos, Villarreal, Sporting Lisbon and had two spells with Spanish side Real Betis where he spent the duration of the 2017-18 season. The 26-year-old is a Costa Rica international with 79 caps and 15 goals for his country. He was part of their squad for the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia, where he made two appearances. Welcome back, lads. On the back page of the hard copy of the programme today, a few West Ham players will immediately stand out. We'd like to welcome back Jack Wilshire, Lukasz Fabianski and Lucas Perez to Emirates today, all of whom joined today's opponents this summer. Jack's 17-year association with Arsenal came to a close back in June, when it was announced he would be leaving the club. He made his Arsenal debut in September 2008, aged 16 and 256 days, in a Premier League win over Blackburn Rovers, making him our youngest ever league player. Just two months later, he also broke our record for the youngest player in Europe, aged 16 and 329 days, when he played against Dynamo Kiev. Later that season, he won the FA Youth Cup, scoring in the final against Liverpool. During his time with Arsenal, Jack won the BBC Match of the Day's goal of the season in both 2013-14 and 2014-15. He made a total of 197 appearances for the club, winning the FA Cup twice in 2014 and 2015. Lukash made 78 appearances for us between 2007 and 2014, keeping 26 clean sheets and helping us to win the 2014 FA Cup. He joined the Hammers this summer from Swansea City. Lukas Perez headed to East London earlier this month. The forward joined us from Deportivo La Coruna in 2016 and netted seven times in 21 games, including a Champions League hat-trick at Basel, before returning to the Spanish side on loan last season. Checker Trade Trophy, EFL Checker Trade fixtures announced. Our under-21s will take part in the Checker Trade Trophy this season. Previously known as the EFL Trophy, 
The competition will feature all League One and League Two clubs, as well as 16 Premier League and Championship B teams. Our fixtures will take place as follows. Coventry City vs Arsenal Under-21s, Wednesday, September the 12th. Kick-off, 7.45pm UK time. Rico Arena, Coventry City Football Club. Cheltenham Town vs Arsenal Under-21s, Tuesday, October the 30th. Kick-off, 7.45pm UK time. Wadden Road, Cheltenham Town Football Club. Forest Green Rovers vs Arsenal Under-21s, Wednesday, November the 7th, kick-off 7pm UK time. The New Lawn Forest Green Rovers Football Club. North London Derby at the Emirates. The first North London Derby of the season is just six days away. Our under-23s host Tottenham Hotspur at Emirates Stadium on Friday, August the 31st, with kick-off at 7pm, and they would love your support. If you're interested in watching Freddie Lungbird's side in action, visit arsenal.com for ticket info. On this day, 1984, Viv Anderson's debut. 1990, David Seaman makes his first Arsenal appearance. 2004, we set a new unbeaten league record. Our 3-0 win over Blackburn Rovers is our 43rd without losing in the Premier League. Christian heads to the Valley. Christian Bielik has joined League One side Charlton Athletic on a season-long loan. The 20-year-old joined us from Liga Warsaw in January 2015 and made his first team debut later that year in the League Cup. Christian enjoyed a loan spell at Birmingham City last year where he made 10 appearances. He then joined Walsall on loan in January for the second half of last season, but injury saw the defender return to us for treatment. Real Madrid to visit the Emirates. What are you up to on Saturday, September the 8th? Well, if you're free, we've got just the event for you. Arsenal legends are hosting Real Madrid legends at Emirates Stadium, and tickets are still available. Head to arsenal.com slash tickets to get yours. The match, which kicks off at 2pm, is being held in order to raise money for the Arsenal Foundation. We'll go into the match hoping to avenge a 2-1 defeat at the Bernabeu back in June. Our first match at the stadium since Thierry Henry gave us that memorable 1-0 Champions League win in 2006. It took Madrid only six minutes to find a way through, Luis Figo picking out Roberto Carlos for a cross that Raul headed beyond David Seaman. Luis Bermote equalised soon after, but a Guti winner ensured the majority of the near 70,000 crowd went home happy. Our legends matched against AC Milan Glory in 2016 helped raise £1 million to build pitches around North London and internationally. This Real Madrid match will help us use football and the Arsenal name to reach more young people. Stats Chances created Henrik Mkhitaryan, 7 Alex Iwobi, Mercedes Ozil, Hector Bellerin, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 2 Nacho Monreal, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Granit Xhaka, Aaron Ramsey, Socrates, 1. Passes, Schroeder and Mustafi, 104. Matteo Ganduzzi, 96. Socrates, 81. Granit Xhaka, Petra Cech, 78. Hector Bellerin, 
75. Crossers, Stefan Lichtsteiner, Henrik Mkhitaryan, 4. Hector Bellerin, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 3. Nacho Monreal, Alexi Wobi, Mercedes-Zil, Alessandro Lacazette, 2. Angley, Metal and Isles, Granite Sharka, 1. Clearances, Socrates, 13. Schroeder Mustafi, 12. Hector Bellerin, 6. Nacho Monreal, 4. Angley, Metal and Isles, Alexi Wobi, Petra Cech, 2. Shots, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 5. Aaron Ramsey, 3. Alexi Wobi, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Alexandre Lacazette, Matteo Ganduzi, 2. Mesut Ozil, Schroeder Mustafi, Hector Bellerin, 1. League Champions, 1930-31, FA Cup winners, 1930-1936-1950-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1
Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Which player scored twice in last season's 4-1 home win over West Ham? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at AFC Programme. All entries to us by Friday, August the 31st, please. One entry per person. Cheap drinks before kick-off. Up to 45 minutes before kick-off, fans can buy drinks at a discounted price. Quench your thirst with draft pints of Carlsberg, Tatley and Summersby for just £3.50 each. And don't rush off after the game. Avoid the crowds and stay and enjoy a drink. Draft pints are, again, only £3.50. Bars open on level 0, green 25, yellow 32, orange 9 and green 17. Bars open on level 3, orange 91, orange 103, blue 112 and green 125. Welcome Banque du Caire. Banque du Caire have become our official partner in Egypt. A three-year partnership... Banque du Caire will issue co-branded Arsenal credit and debit cards in Egypt and customers and our fans in Egypt will be offered a range of club-related benefits, including hospitality to see the team in action at Emirates. As part of the launch and to celebrate the partnership, Banque du Caire have branded all 250-plus branches with Arsenal memorabilia for their customers to enjoy and will reward new and existing customers with official Arsenal merchandise. Banque du Caire will also have access to our first-team players and club legends to generate content and develop marketing campaigns, allowing them to engage with our supporters and other football fans in Egypt. Above and Beyond Congratulations to George Hoare, who went above and beyond with his programme selling skills against Manchester City recently. George deservedly won a Puma Holdall, and we'd like to thank him for his sterling efforts on the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Write your name into Arsenal History. Arsenal, the complete record, will be released soon, and if you pre-order your copy by August the 31st, your name will be listed in the Roll of Honour. Published by De Courbetin Books, Arsenal, the complete record, is the definitive statistical history of the club from its origins in 1886 right up to 2018. Compiled and told in painstaking detail by Arsenal historians Andy Kelly and Mark Andrews, alongside the Matchday programme's own Josh James, this is a must-have for every Gooners library. To celebrate its release, customers who pre-order by August the 31st on the Ducobertin website have their name listed on the book's Roll of Honour, an opportunity for your name to feature among countless club greats. In this monumental work, the authors detail every official result, team lineup, and goal scorer, complete with a season by season narrative. Also included is a database of every player to pull on the famous red and white jersey, manager and player profiles, plus all time records in every competition. The foreword has been written by long serving director Ken Fryer, OBE. Don't miss out on this special offer. Head to the Kubertin.co.uk slash Arsenal 
to write your name in Arsenal history now. Decubitin is spelt D-E-C-O-U-B-E-R-T-I-N. Report it. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Ref Watch, Graham Scott. This afternoon's referee is Graham Scott from Oxfordshire. This is Mr Scott's third trip to the Emirates, having officiated our 2-0 win over Reading in the League Cup in 2016-17 and the 5-0 Premier League victory against Huddersfield Town last season. Here's our recent record with Mr Scott as referee. 2015-16, Sheffield Wednesday 3, Arsenal 0, League Cup. 2016-17, Arsenal 2, Reading 0, League Cup. 2017-18, Arsenal 5, Huddersfield Town 0, Premier League. Leicester City 3, Arsenal 1, Premier League. Played for 1-2, lost 2, drawn 0. Goals for 8, goals against 6. Arsenal Football Club 75, Drayton Park, London N5, 1BU. 020-7619-5000 Website www.arsenal.com Email program at arsenal.co.uk Directors Sir Chips Keswick, Chairman Ken Fryer, OBE Ivan Gazidis, CEO Richard Carr, Lord Harris of Peckham Stan Crunky, Josh Crunky Secretary David Miles Head Coach Unai Emery Player Feature Lucas Torreira Lucas was speaking to Nick Brunsack There was a frisson of excitement at Arsenal when we announced the signing of Lucas Torreira earlier this summer. The tough tackling midfielder carved out an impressive reputation for himself during his three-year spell with Sampdoria in Serie A, his combative style and wide-ranging passing ability particularly catching the eye. Those credentials were displayed again at the World Cup, where Lucas played a vital role in helping Uruguay to reach the quarter-final. Tenacious and tireless on the pitch, Lucas is talkative and thoughtful off it. And ahead of this afternoon's match... He spoke openly about his upbringing in South America, what exactly Unai Emery wants from him, and how Luis Suarez helped influence his move to North London. Lucas, what have you made of your experiences in the Premier League so far? Well, so far I'm really happy. I feel very positive. As far as the team is concerned, I know the results of the first two games haven't been good, but we were playing very strong teams, including last year's champions. We're talking about two teams that are real contenders for the league this season, so these were tough games. Against Chelsea, we showed great character to come back from 2-0 down to equalise. We ended up losing the game, but there are always positive things to take away from every match. We now have a big game coming up, 
And the most important thing is to win so that we are in a better position. For me, personally, I was very happy to come on in the second half of each game. Playing boosts my confidence and improves my understanding of the team and what the head coach wants us to do. I'm learning a lot about how football's played in the Premier League and, of course, there's also the issue of language, which is very important for me. My English is getting better daily. I'm very happy and I want to keep on improving by learning new things every day. We really had an opportunity against Chelsea after pulling the game back to two all. How disappointed was everyone afterwards? Of course, we were not happy. We were losing 2-0 away to Chelsea, but got back to 2 all by attacking, being creative and making some good chances. In the end, it was down to a momentary lapse of concentration on our part and we paid for it. All it takes is a smaller mistake and you pay for it because you are playing against top players. Of course, as players, we never like to lose, but especially when playing against a team such as Chelsea and given the way the game was going. We were pretty angry afterwards. Nevertheless, the head coach was very positive with us. He clapped us on the arm, saying, Come on, come on, we have to keep going. The season has only just started and there's a long way to go yet. Looking back at the summer, tell us how your move to Arsenal came about. The interest from Arsenal started before the World Cup when I was preparing for the tournament with the Uruguayan squad. I received a call from Unai Emery. I had already discussed with my agent the possibility of a move to Arsenal. I was delighted because when I was in Italy, I never imagined that I might come to the Premier League. There had been talk of a move to another team in Italy, so the interest from Arsenal really came as quite a surprise. I was very happy when I received the call from the Arsenal head coach. By the time I went off to the World Cup, I already knew that whatever happened, I was definitely moving to Arsenal. So at the World Cup, I was feeling relaxed and confident about my future. I think that helped me to have such a good tournament. What did you know about Arsenal before coming here? I've always watched a lot of football, including the Premier League. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to get up really early to watch the Premier League matches because in Uruguay, with the time difference, they were always on very early. I followed what was happening with Arsenal because it was a big club with excellent players, including some of the greats. For many years... Arsenal has been one of the top clubs and has created some historic moments both in the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm so happy to have joined such an amazing club. It is a dream come true. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And what are your thoughts on Unai Emery and being part of a new chapter at the football club? In the short time I've been here, I think things are going well with him. The team understands his ideas and what he wants. We're learning a lot of new tactical approaches on the pitch. The team was used to working in a different way with the previous manager. Of course, it's not easy to change coaches as you have to learn many new things. Every process takes time and I hope it goes as well as it can for me and for him and for the club too. How do you see your role in the team and what do you think are the best qualities of your game? It's quite hard to describe me, but I guess you'd say I'm determined and intense as a player and I like to have the ball. The head coach wants me to press very high to regain possession in the opposition's half, break up their play and, whenever possible, score, which is always very special. Did you speak to anyone else in the game before coming here, perhaps any Uruguayans who've played in England? Yes, in fact, Luis Suarez was very helpful. He spoke to Raúl Sanlehi, who brought many players to Barcelona. I was really grateful to Luis, and only a short time ago I sent him a message of thanks. He told me how wonderful the Premier League is, describing it as the best, and he said what a great time he had at Liverpool. When we were together for internationals, he would often talk about the Premier League. I'm also good friends with Gaston Ramirez, and he spoke about the Premier League, the stadiums and the coaching. He said that everything would be great, that it would be a good move for me, and now I'm seeing everything he talked about with my own eyes. Are you living on your own, or do you have family with you? I'm actually due to move into my new house, or rather a flat, in Hampstead soon. It's a really nice area, not too far from the training ground, or from the centre of town. I live with my girlfriend. I'm very happy and getting used to life in London. It's very different from the life I was used to in Italy. I'm really enjoying myself and I hope that continues. How proud are you to be Arsenal's first ever Uruguayan player? I'm incredibly proud. It feels such a privilege. I find it amazing that all my life I've dreamt of playing in the Premier League and now I'm part of the Arsenal team wearing this iconic shirt with all its history. I really value this opportunity because I've worked hard and made a lot of sacrifices over many years. The fact that I'm here today feels like a huge reward. Finally, Lucas, what does football mean to Uruguay, and why does the country always seem to punch above its weight? I think that in Uruguay, football has become the most important thing for everyone, but particularly for children. In other countries, children might ask for all sorts of things for their birthday, but not in my country. In Uruguay, what a child wants more than anything is a football. We grow up with football all around us. We play in the streets, we're out playing all day, often barefoot, until very late. Although we're enjoying ourselves, we are totally passionate about this incredible game and the friendship it creates. All this reflects the Uruguayan approach to football. We are a tiny country and yet we produce so many players. You can now see Uruguayans playing in big clubs all over the world, despite the country's small size and population. The national team is so impressive. We've won the Copa America 15 times and the World Cup twice. In every tournament that we enter, we always play a big part. In the most recent World Cup, we didn't win the title, but we performed really well. We played some great matches 
and our fans were very proud of us. Facts. Born Frey Bentos, Uruguay, February 11th, 1996. Joined Arsenal from Sampdoria on July 10th, 2018. Previous clubs, Pescara, Sampdoria and Pescara on loan. Eight caps for Uruguay. Combative midfielder Lucas signed after impressing both in Serie A for Sampdoria and at the World Cup for Uruguay. As a youngster, he moved from his hometown club in Freibentos to Wanderers in Montevideo, but he was soon on the move to Europe when he joined Pescara's academy at the age of 17. Signed for Sampdoria in 2015 after making just five appearances for Pescara, but he was immediately loaned back to the Serie B club for the 2015-16 season. The 5-foot-6-inch midfielder returned to Samp in 2016 and quickly became known for his tough tackling and tireless energy. He played 74 times in two seasons, scoring four goals. Featured in all five of Uruguay's matches at the World Cup, helping his country to a perfect record in the group stage and a win over Portugal before falling to eventual winners France in the quarter-final. Unique Achievement Throughout season 2018-19, to the matchday programme is celebrating Arsenal's 100 consecutive years in the top flight of English football. 100. In this issue, we salute our unique achievement with a 1997-98 cover design and analysis of that season's edition. Remembering August the 21st in 2004. 100 reasons to love Arsenal. The story behind the stat, 127. A classic Arsenal quote from me, that is M-double-E, to you. Tales of the Century, how Herbert Chapman and Charlie Buchan combined a stunning effect. On this day... 100 consecutive years in the top flight. Wednesday, August the 25th, 2004. Arsenal 3, Blackburn Rovers 0. August 25th, 2004 was a momentous day in our history. On the face of it, there looked to be nothing particularly out of the ordinary about our 3-0 home win over Blackburn Rovers. Second half goals from Thierry Henry, Cesc Fabregas, who became our youngest ever league scorer in the process, and Jose Antonio Rice saw us maintain our 100% start to the 2004-05 season. Look a little deeper though, and you'll notice this victory was an historic one. In beating Rovers, we set an all-time league record sequence of 43 unbeaten matches. Of those 43, we won 31 and drew 12, scoring 95 goals. I didn't think about it during the summer, but I did when we came back for the new season, a joyous Thierry Henry commented after the game. Everyone was talking about it before the Everton game. Then more and more I saw the old manager of Nottingham Forest talk about it in the press, so we couldn't not know about it at the time. That was a good night when we beat Blackburn, but I think even better was the one before against Middlesbrough when we equalled it. You could say we did it in style. Thierry was referring to Brian Clough, who had overseen Forrest's 42-game unbeaten run between November 1977 and December 1978. After beating Blackburn, we continued our fine start to the season, winning eight and drawing one of our first nine league matches. Our record stood at 49 matches without defeat before a controversial 2-0 
Reverse away at Manchester United on October 24th, 2004. 100 consecutive years in the top flight. 100 reasons to love Arsenal. We know there are far more reasons than that and every supporter will have their own favourite, distinctive aspects of the club that makes them feel especially proud to be a gunner. But to mark our 100 years of top-flight football, we've picked out a century of such reasons. We'd love to hear your own, though. Tell us via Twitter using hashtag reasons to love Arsenal. Number 6. Highbury's Dugouts Instantly recognisable, the old dugouts at Highbury resembled mini-greenhouses during the 1980s and 1990s. But from here, many victories were masterminded. Space was at a premium, and the vantage point certainly wasn't the best, meaning that George Graham would often watch the first half of matches from the director's box. But those dugouts were another of Highbury's unique charms. Number 7. Ken Fryer, OBE or as he is known across the club, Mr. Fryer. The long-serving director has now been with the club since running errands for manager Tom Whittaker as a 12-year-old way back in 1946. Since then, the club has played more than 3,700 matches, won 23 major honours, employed 10 managers and had one head coach. In a sport that has seen so many changes over the past few generations, Mr Fryer has remained a reliable, consistent presence. He was the club's managing director between 1983 and 2000, when he was awarded the OBE for services to football. Instrumental in Arsenal's successful and on-schedule move to Emirates Stadium in 2006, a statue of Mr Fryer was unveiled in 2011. He celebrated his 83rd birthday earlier this month and is still to be found working on a daily basis at our Highbury House HQ. 8. Scoring in 55 consecutive matches Of all the records Arsene Wenger's side broke, and there were many, one of those that he was most proud of was set in 2002, when the free-firing Gunners scored in their 55th consecutive league game. From May 19, 2001 until December 7, 2002, Arsenal found the net in every league match they played, a sequence spanning three seasons. It's an all-time record in English football which could well stand the test of time. The previous best was 47 games, set by Chesterfield in 1930. In the old Division 3 North, in an era when goals were far more plentiful, the previous Premier League record had stood at 25 consecutive matches. During the record-breaking run, Arsenal fired 117 goals in all, with the club's all-time leading scorer Thierry Henry netting 33 of them. Number 1, Alex Morgan. Number 2, Arsenal Tube Station. Number 3, The Clock End. Number 4, The Sheffield United Restaged Game. Number 5, The Arsenal. Number 6, Highbury's Dugout. Number 7, Ken Fryer, OBE. Number 8, scoring in 55 consecutive matches. Defining Seasons. Tales of the Century. Arsenal, 100 consecutive years in the top flight. 1925-26. to Herbert Chapman and Charlie Buchan arrive at Highbury. 
and everything changes. Arsenal historian John Sperling selects 19 defining seasons and events from the Gunners' 100 years at the top. Herbert Chapman, a visionary who knew the value of Charlie Buchan's remarkable football brain. Herbert Chapman, fresh from leading Huddersfield Town to the Division I crown, arrived at Highbury in the hot summer of 1925 and made legendary Sunderland forward Charlie Buchan his first signing. It was a huge turning point, both for Arsenal and English football. Chapman had landed a player whom winger Joe Hulm described as the most tactically astute footballer I ever played alongside. His logical brain was totally the equal of Herbert Chapman. Buchan's baptism as an Arsenal player on the opening day of the 1925-26 campaign came against Tottenham. The 53,183 Arsenal fans who streamed into Highbury to watch the North London derby saw the Gunners lose 1-0. Buchan's partnership with Jimmy Brain would prove to be one of the most durable and prolific of Chapman's era, but not on this particular occasion. Perhaps both Brain and Buchan, as well as getting used to playing together, were also familiarising themselves with the freshly liberalised offside law. The law, unchanged since 1866, decreed that, for a forward to be onside, three opposing players, normally a goalkeeper and two defenders, had to be between him and the opponent's goal. During the close season, the ruling changed so that, as is the situation today, only two opposition players needed to be between an attacker and the goal. Despite drawing a blank in his first four matches, the vibe surrounding Buchan was sensational. His new team's form remained inconsistent, though, and in October, Arsenal suffered an epoch-defining defeat, a 7-0 reverse at Newcastle United. As the game progressed, Newcastle centre-half Charlie Spencer remained in a very deep position, and although he contributed little to the rhythm of his side's attacks, he repeatedly snuffed out Arsenal's attacks in their formative stages, allowing his side to dominate possession and control the whole tempo of the match. It was Spencer's display that afternoon which convinced Buchan and Chapman that the Gunners needed to radically alter their tactics if they were to prosper in the late 1920s. Following the calamity in the northeast, Buchan informed Chapman that he would leave Arsenal and re-sign for Sunderland. Yet Chapman calmed him down and asked him, at a team meeting at the Newcastle Hotel, to air his views. Buchan had been pressing for a change to the way Arsenal lined up since the beginning of the season, and now Chapman was ready and willing to listen to his ideas. Buchan's first suggestion was that a centre-half should be deployed to guard the edge of the penalty area, and that the centre-half should be a dominating personality around his own goal. And he should not be content just to get the ball away everywhere, but to send it, with head or feet, to the roving inside forward. He was advocating that Arsenal play a far more passing game. Buchan nominated Andy Neal, a player who could receive the ball with either foot and pass it quickly, to get the counter-attack going. 
The impact of Arsenal's new system was seen just two days later in an away match at West Ham in early October, which Arsenal won 4-0. Chapman had shown sufficient confidence in the player and his own skills in delegation to allow Buchan to cajole the Arsenal players and put things in footballer speak. In his early years at Highbury, Charlie did as much talking and was as much as an influence as Chapman, claimed Joe Hulm. In a modern era of unprecedented player power, it seems almost unthinkable that team meetings were once frowned upon at many clubs back in the 1920s. But 90 years ago, Chapman appeared to be an exception to the rule, with his insistence on whole group discussions. Perhaps it was Buchan's initial idea to push on with the prototype WM formation, but it was finally moulded, of course, according to Chapman's wishes. Buchan argued that withdrawing the centre-half would leave Arsenal short of personnel in midfield and suggested he should drop back from his inside right position, which would have left a loose and unbalanced 3-3-4. Buchan was overruled because Chapman needed Buchan to score goals. Instead, he gave the role of withdrawn inside forward to the aforementioned Andy Neal, despite the Gunners' boss describing him as being as slow as a funeral. Neal's newly carved out role speaks volumes for Chapman's eye for the tiniest detail and his ability to recognise which skills were needed where in the team. Chapman's argument was emphatic. He has ball control and can stand with his foot on the ball while making up his mind. With Jack Butler now in the deep-lying centre-half position, the classic Arsenal Mark I model under Chapman was born. Chapman's former club, Huddersfield, retained the league title that season, and his new club didn't lift silverware until 1930, as the new manager had suggested. But the Gunners finished as runners-up, and the perfect combination of Buchan and Chapman had sown the seeds of Arsenal's 30s domination. Start of the century, 100 years and the top flight. Every Premier League game we choose an iconic start from our 100 years and the top flight and develop the detail behind it. 127 most league goals in a season. This club record was set in 1930-31 when Arsenal won the title for the first time. The goals came from 11 different players. Jack Lambert top scored with 38. Runners-up Aston Villa scored 128 goals that season, which remains the record for any season in English league history. Arsenal scored at least four goals in 17 of the 42 league matches. The biggest win was a 9-1 home victory over Grimsby Town. The most goals we have scored in a Premier League season is 87 in 2004-5. Arsenal scored in all but one of the games this season, that being a goalless draw at home to Huddersfield Town. The Arsenal Programme. The Past Remastered. Season 1997-98. 
To commemorate the club spending 100 consecutive years in the top flight, every league programme this season will feature a cover adapted from an iconic design from the last 100 years. The cover for today's programme is based on the design used in the 1997-98 double winning season. The main feature of the cover was the Victoria Concorda Crescent crest with the Gothic Arsenal sat proudly at the top of the page, whilst subtly behind it at the bottom of the page is the 1930s Art Deco badge. The programme in season 1997-98 was designed and printed by Empress Sales, who were based in Romford and edited by Kevin Connolly. It was Kevin's last full season as editor, having held the responsibility since the start of the 1983-84 season. The price of the programme had increased from £1.80 the previous season to £2. As was the case since 1983, the front cover had a different picture for each issue. The equivalent league fixture had Ian Wright being congratulated by League Dixon after he'd just broken the club's all-time goal-scoring record against Bolton in the previous home game. This Ian Wright souvenir issue featured plenty of content relating to Wrighty's achievement, including news of a presentation to him by Peter Hill Wood before the game, pictures from the Bolton game and a fan's tribute. A biography of him in the Gunners Great series that had continued from the previous season also included a photograph of Ian in a 1930s style, similar to that produced over the last few years for current players by at Arsenal Gent on Twitter. However, the most groundbreaking element was a fold-out insert in the centre pages that listed all of Wright's goals, something that had never before been produced for an Arsenal programme. Ian added to his record total in the West Ham game with a first-half penalty in a 4-0 win that took Arsenal to the top of the table. In the Young Guns section, Lambros Lambro interviewed 16-year-old Ashley Cole in his first season as a scholar who explained his reaction when he was offered a deal. When Mr Brady called me into his office and told me the news, I was shocked at first, but as I walked out of his office, I just couldn't stop smiling. Ashley played in the youth team's first ever game in the newly formed FA Premier Youth League, which was reported on in this programme. He helped the youngsters to a thumping 10-1 win over Coventry. For those of you that were regular readers of the programme during the 1990s, it's highly likely that the name Max Kester will ring a bell. Max was a long-term fan who regularly wrote into the programme and would generally feature several times each season in the letters page. Whatever the subject, Max had a view on it. Due to the amount of space given over to Ian Wright, the letters page in this issue was dropped. However, that did not stop Max from appearing as he was given a page to himself, in which he reminisced about Cliff Bastin, the man whose record Wright had broken. Max didn't let up this season, as he appeared on four other occasions, writing about subjects such as the floodlight failure at Crystal Palace and having to move to a new stadium to benefit from a wider pitch. Arsenal around the world. Club culture. Martin makes it happen. Season ticket holder Martine Henderson recently headed out to Dhaka in Bangladesh where she delivered a very special package to our official supporters club there. Martine handed over a variety of Arsenal kit supplied by the club's retail team to a group of grateful gunners. I only got to meet a few of the group in the end as there were riots in Dhaka, she said. Sadly, I couldn't go and meet more supporters because I had to stay in my hotel. 
Fortunately, I had shirts for all of those that came to see me, though, and a few spare. Everyone was delighted. Thanks to Martine for making the trip from everyone at Arsenal and, of course, everyone at the official Bangladesh Supporters Club. Bulgaria's big event. Arsenal Supporters Club Bulgaria organised a fantastic event back in May that went by the name of The Child Smile Above Everything in support of children with onco-hematological problems. The fundraising event included a women's football tournament comprising five teams and we're told that the wonderful atmosphere both on the pitch and in the stands helped give hope and strength to the parents and children in attendance. The players exceeded our expectations with their desire, spirit and football skills, said Georgi Stoyanov, chair of Arsenal Supporters Club Bulgaria. We managed to achieve our goal of making more people familiar with all the challenges that the children and their parents affected by the disease are facing, and we will continue to support the unique cause of the association in the future. The women's tournament managed to help not only with the amount of money we were able to donate, but with the energy that will warm the hearts and remain with everyone who took part until the next tournament. The event was supported by the Bulgarian Football Union, local media and the Association for Children with Onco-Hematological Problems. The tournament was something very emotional for all of us, said Simona Karayavanov from the association. Our association found a new friend. The funds raised by the charity auction will be used to finance a summer camp for children with these diseases. We are truly touched by the warmth and positivity of the organisers. We would like to thank them for their support. For more info, please visit www.arsenal.com forward slash supporters clubs forward slash setting dash up dash your dash own dash club. Match action. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Saturday, August the 18th, 2018. At 17.30, Stamford Bridge. Premier League. Attendance, 40,491. Away funds, 2,962. Referee, Martin Atkinson. Chelsea, 3. Arsenal, 2. The scorers for Chelsea were Pedro in the ninth minute, Morata in the 20th and Alonso in the 81st minute. Scorers for Arsenal were Mkhitaryan in the 37th minute and Iwobi in the 41st. There are six photographs at the beginning of this report. The captions clockwise from top left are Alex Iwobi strikes the equaliser, Iwobi celebrates, Socrates bursts forward, Lucas Torreira battles with Matteo Kovacic. Henrik Mkhitaryan scores our first of the season. Scrooge and Mustafi toe-to-toe with Ross Barkley. Man of the match, Ganduza. Playing for Chelsea were 28. Kepa Azpilicueta, 2. Rodiga, 30. Luis, 3. Alonso, 7. Kante, 5. Jorginho, 8. Barkley, Substituted in the 60th minute, 11 Pedro, 29 Morata, substituted in the 75th minute, and 22 William, substituted in the 61st minute. Substitutes were Hazard, who came on in the 61st minute, 13 Caballero, 
15, Moses, 17, Kovacic, who came on in the 60th minute, 18, Giroud, who came on in the 75th minute, 21, Zapacosta, 27, Christiansen. For Arsenal, 1, Czech, 2, Bellerin, 5, Socrates, 20, Mustafi, 18, Monreal, 10, Ozil, substituted in the 68th minute, 29, Shaka, substituted in the 46th minute, 7, Mkhitaryan, 14, Aubameyang, 29, Ganduzi, 17, Iwobi, substituted in the 75th minute, substitutes were... 8. Ramsey, who came on in the 68th minute, 4. Elneny, 9. Lacazette, who came on in the 75th minute, 11. Torreira, who came on in the 46th minute, 23. Welbeck, 12. Lichsteiner, 19. Leno. Match stats. Total shots. Chelsea, 24. Arsenal, 15. Shots on target. Chelsea, 11. Arsenal, 6. Corners, Chelsea 5, Arsenal 1. Offsides, Chelsea 3, Arsenal 3. Fouls, Chelsea 12, Arsenal 9. Possession, Chelsea 62%, Arsenal 38%. First half. The opening 45 minutes was brimful of action. Both teams started at a furious pace, but it was the hosts who soon began to take charge. They took the lead through Pedro when Marcos Alonso escaped on the left wing and crossed to the unmarked winger inside the box. Arsenal had a superb chance to level, only for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to blaze over from close range. Seconds later, Chelsea punished the mistake by doubling the lead. Alvaro Morata ran on to a long pass over the top, turned Schroeder Mustafi, then fired past Petra Cech. The Gunners responded... Henrik Mkhitaryan missed a similar chance to Aubameyang's before he did finally find the net, finishing low into the corner from the edge of the area. Four minutes later, Alex Iwobi levelled with a thumping finish, and he could have given Arsenal the lead, but he too was off target when well placed. Second half. After the excitement of the first half, the second period began at a more sedate pace, but Chelsea were slowly starting to impose themselves again. Czech was called upon several times, but the defensive shape was better from the Gunners. Eden Hazard came on for the hosts, and he set up the winner in the final ten minutes. His low cross from the left was turned home by Alonso, who had ghosted into the box. Gaps appeared at the back as Arsenal pushed for another equaliser, but Czech made two more fine saves against his former team to keep the score down to 3-2 in Unai Emery's first away game in charge of the Gunners. 2. Arsenal scored two goals against Chelsea, as many as on our previous six Premier League visits to Stamford Bridge. 8. Henrik Mkhitaryan has been directly involved in eight goals in his 13 Premier League games for Arsenal. Three goals, five assists. 99. This was Alex Iwobi's 99th appearance for the Arsenal first team. Arsenal women. Arsenal kick off the new campaign with victory in their defence of the Continental Cup. It's a great way to start the season. 
Gunners firing early. Arsenal began their defence of the FA WSL Continental Tyres Cup with a 3-1 win over West Ham United at Meadow Park last Sunday. The first chance of the game fell to Beth Mead, who wriggled free of her marker and raced through on goal, before being denied by a stunning last-ditch tackle as the striker shaped to shoot. Our early pressure continued, and less than five minutes later we broke the deadlock. Player of the match Jordan Nobbs fired at goal after some fine hold-up play from Mead, and Katie McCabe was on hand to convert the rebound with a wonderful curling effort. Moments later, ex-Arsenal keeper Rebecca Spencer rushed off her line to deny Nobbs from close range, before McCabe fizzed a left-footed effort just wide of the post. But before West Ham could regroup at the break, Emma Mitchell stormed down the left wing and picked out Mead inside the six-yard box. The England international leapt high to head the ball into the back of the net. Just three minutes into the second half, however, Brianna Vasali pulled one back for the visitors. The Hammers fired twice at goal in quick succession before the midfielder found the bottom right corner with a first-time finish from the edge of the box. Substitute Viviane Midema took to the field on the hour mark and managed to work a number of shots at goal, but it was her hold-up play that allowed us to take control of the game and regain possession. We'd taken the sting out of West Ham's attack, and with ten minutes left to play, McCabe rounded off the scoring with a thumping left-footed strike from the edge of the box, ensuring that we began the 2018-19 season with a win. It's a great way to start the season, said double goal scorer Katie McCabe after the match, speaking to Tim Stillman. Obviously, I'm really pleased to score two goals, but the team performance was really good today. We've worked really hard during pre-season, and we've worked on the sequences that we want to play in, and that paid off really well today. The goals were just a bonus for me, concluded the Ireland International. Next up, it's the Women's Super League opener against Liverpool on Sunday, September the 9th. The game will be held at Meadow Park, with kick-off at 2pm. Arsenal Van Vienendal Bloodworth Williamson Substituted with Samuelson in the 86th minute Quinn Mitchell Walty Substituted with Kuchen in the 90th minute Nobbs Little, McCabe, Evans, Mead, substituted with Medema in the 60th minute. Sub not used, Peru Magnin. Conti Cup Roundup. The eye-catching result in the competition came at Prenton Park, where, in their return to the women's game, Casey Stoney's Manchester United beat Liverpool 1-0. The full set of results in this first round of group stage matches were as follows. Aston Villa 1, Sheffield United 2, Arsenal 3, West Ham United 1, Birmingham City 0, Manchester City 0, Man City 1 on penalties, Chelsea 3, Brighton & Hove Albion 1, Crystal Palace 1, Tottenham 1. Palace won on penalties. Leicester City 2, Bristol City 2. Leicester won on penalties. 
Lewis 5, Charlton Athletic 0. Liverpool 0, Manchester United 1. London Bees 1, Yeovil Town 1. Bees 1 on penalties. Reading 4, Durham 1. The Gunners sit second in Group 2 South, behind Lewis FC. Millwall, Charlton and, of course, West Ham are their group opponents. The format of the competition is an interesting one. Every drawn fixture ends in a penalty shootout, the winners of which claim two points, the losers just one. 2018-19 Arsenal Fixtures Sunday 19th of August, West Ham United, CC, 3-1, home game. Sunday 9th of September, Liverpool, WSL, home game. Sunday 16th of September, Lewis FC, CC. Wednesday 19th of September, Yeovil Town, WSL. Sunday 23rd of September, West Ham United, WSL, home game. Sunday 14th of October, Chelsea, WSL. Sunday 21st of October, Reading, WSL, home game. Sunday 28th of October, Bristol City, WSL. Sunday 4th of November, Birmingham City, WSL, home game. Sunday 18th of November, Everton, WSL. Sunday 25th of November, Brighton & Hove Albion, WSL, home game. Sunday 2nd of December, Manchester City, WSL. Thursday 6th of December, Charlton Athletic, CC, home game. Wednesday 12th of December, Millwall Lionesses, CC. Sunday 6th of January, West Ham United, WSL. 8th and 9th of January, quarter-final, CC. Sunday 13th of January, Chelsea, WSL, home game. Sunday 27th of January, Reading, WSL. Sunday 3rd of February, 4th round, FAC. 5th and 6th of February, semi-final, CC. Sunday 10th of February, Liverpool, WSL. Sunday 17th of February, 5th round, FAC. Thursday 21st of February, Yeovil Town, WSL, home game. Saturday 23rd of February, final, CC. Thursday 14th of March, Bristol City, WSL, home game. Sunday 17th of March, quarter-final, FAC. Sunday 31st of March, Birmingham City, WSL. Sunday 14th of April, semi-final, FAC. Sunday 21st of April, Everton, WSL, home game. Sunday 28th of April, Brighton & Hove Albion, WSL. Saturday 4th of May, final, FAC. Sunday 12th of May, Manchester City, WSL, home game. The Visitors, West Ham United, an in-depth look at today's opposition, including the latest news from the London Stadium, the key players, historical info, loads of stats and some eclectic facts. Only three members of the current West Ham squad were active at this summer's World Cup in Russia. New boys Fabianski, Poland, and Sanchez, Colombia, plus Javier Hernandez of Mexico.
Another, Senegal's Cheku Koyati, has since departed for Crystal Palace, while Manuel Lanzini, who was originally listed in Argentina's squad, was seriously injured on the eve of the finals and missed out. Indeed, the Hammers number 10 is not expected to return to action until next year. The nine new signings made by the Hammers this summer include two from Arsenal, Jack Wilshire and Lucas Perez, plus another former gunner in goalkeeper Lucas Fabianski from Swansea. The other new arrivals in order of fee, most expensive first, are Felipe Anderson from Lazio, Issa Diop from Toulouse, Andre Yamolenko from Borussia Dortmund, Carlos Sanchez from Fiorentina, Fabian Balbuena from Corinthians and Ryan Fredericks from Fulham. Under new management in 2018-19, with ex-Manchester City boss Manuel Pellegrini having replaced David Moyes in the hot seat and boosted by a summer spending spree that brought in nine new players, West Ham have not made the start to the Premier League campaign that they were hoping for. Defeated 4-0 by Liverpool at Anfield on the opening weekend, they surrendered a half-time lead to lose 2-1 to Bournemouth last Saturday at the London Stadium. West Ham will be hoping this afternoon to avoid starting the Premier League campaign with three successive defeats for the second season in a row. In 2017-18, they were obliged to play all of their opening three league games away from home, the London Stadium being temporarily out of action because of the World Athletics Championship in early August, and lost all three at Manchester United 4-0, Southampton 3-2 and Newcastle 3-0. The Hammers visit Emirates Stadium, searching, like their hosts, for their first points of the season. They currently occupy 19th spot, two places below Arsenal, with only Huddersfield keeping them off the foot of the table on goal difference, following the Yorkshire club's two heavy opening defeats against Chelsea, 3-0, and Manchester City, 6-1. Moyes had six months in charge of the Hammers last term, coming in to replace the sacked Slaven Bilic in early November after the club had won only two of their opening 11 Premier League fixtures. The Scotsman struggled to start with, but eventually turned the team's fortunes around, steering them clear of relegation and up into a final placing of 13th, with a total of 42 points. Their goals against tally of 68, however, was the joint highest in the division, along with relegated Stoke City. The breakdown. Sweet 16. West Ham's first team squad is represented by 16 different nationalities. Poland, Spain, New Zealand, Argentina, England, Italy, Paraguay, France, Ireland, Scotland, Spain, Colombia, Austria, Brazil, Mexico and Ukraine. The skipper. Number 16, Mark Noble. Born London, 8th of May 1987. Previously with Hull on loan and Ipswich on loan. Games, 437. Goals, 51. A long-time favourite of the Hammers fans, considered one of their own, Hammers captain Mark has spent well over a decade at the club, appearing in more Premier League matches than any other West Ham player. The 31-year-old's energetic midfield play, never-say-die attitude and set-piece precision have proved enduring qualities with a succession of managers – and he'll hope to make it 20 Premier League starts in a row this afternoon. A former England under-21 regular, he played for Stuart Pearce's side at both the 2007 and 2009 European finals, captaining the team at the latter, but has never gained senior international recognition. The veteran, number five, Pablo Zabaleta, 
born Buenos Aires, Argentina, 16th of January 1985. Previously with San Lorenzo and Manchester City, games 40, goals none. Pablo ended a highly eventful nine-year sojourn at Manchester City when he joined West Ham on a free transfer last year, and he proved that he still has much to offer at 33 by starting all bar one of the Hammers' 38 Premier League matches. Although deposed from his right-back spot by new signing Ryan Fredericks for this season's opener at Anfield, he was back in the team against Bournemouth last weekend under his former City boss Manuel Pellegrini, with whom he won his second Premier League title in 2013-14. Capped 58 times by Argentina, he was not selected for the World Cup, but appeared on the BBC as a pundit. Enzo returns. West Ham assistant manager Enzo Maresca played against the Gunners for Juventus in the 2001-2002 Champions League campaign and Olympiacos in 2009-10. He also played two seasons for West Brom as a teenager from 1998 to 2000. The Maverick, number seven, Marco Anatovic. Born Vienna, Austria, 19th of April 1989, previously with FC Twente, Internationale on loan, Werder Bremen and Stoke. Games 37, goals 12. A maverick talent who came to East London last July in a £20 million transfer from Stoke, where he'd spent the previous four seasons, the Austrian international took a while to settle in the capital, but has not looked back since striking a sumptuous winning goal at home to Chelsea in December. Marco ended up being West Ham's top scorer with 11 Premier League goals and was voted Hammer of the Year. He also netted the club's first goal of this campaign with a penalty against Bournemouth last Saturday. The 29-year-old was ever-present for Austria last season and has now scored 19 goals in 72 internationals. On the Marco... Charismatic striker Marco Anatovic is nicknamed Arnie after compatriot Arnold Schwarzenegger and lists Mario Balatoli as one of his best friends. The pair were together at Inter Milan. Second best, West Ham's 1-0 victory over Arsenal in the 1980 FA Cup final was the last time a team from outside the top flight have won the competition. The Hammers finished seventh in Division 2 that season, the Gunners fourth in Division 1. Magnificent seven. West Ham famously fielded the captain and all the goalscorers as England won the 1966 World Cup. Bobby Moore skippering the team with hat-trick scorer Jeff Hurst and Martin Peters on the score sheet in the 4-2 win. But prior to the tournament, Hurst and Peters had only seven England caps between them. He ain't heavy. Manuel Pellegrini's previous managerial position was at Hebei China Fortune FC in Langfang, northern China. After leaving his position in May, former Wales and Sunderland boss Chris Coleman took over the reins, assisted by Kit Simons and ex-Arsenal goalkeeping coach Tony Roberts. Another former gunner, Jovinho, played for the Chinese Super League side last season. West Ham Basics, formed 1895. Previous names, Thames Ironworks. Nickname, the Irons, the Hammers. Stadium, London Stadium. 57,000 capacity. Chairman David Sullivan and David Gold. Record appearance maker Billy Bonds with 799 appearances between 1967 and 1988. Record goalscorer Vic Watson with 326 between 1920 and 1935. The ex-gunners. Number one, Lukas Fabianski. 
Born, Kostritzin, Poland, 18th of April 1985. Previously with Legia at Warsaw, Arsenal and Swansea. Games 2, goals none. An Arsenal player for seven years, Lukas left for Swansea after the 2014 FA Cup final victory over Hull and missed just three Premier League games in four years for the Swans, remaining ever-present last term, at the end of which he was voted Player of the Year. Following relegation, he moved to West Ham for £7 million, signing a three-year contract. The 33-year-old was Poland's first-choice goalkeeper at Euro 2016, starting all four matches, but was second-choice to Wojciech Szczesny at this year's World Cup, starting only the final group game against Japan. Number 19, Jack Wilshere. Born Stevenage, 1st of January 1992, previously with Arsenal, Bolton on loan and Bournemouth on loan. Games two, goals none. A man who needs no introduction, Jack makes a quick return to Emirates, having left for West Ham in the summer on a free transfer following a 17-year association with Arsenal that began when he joined the academy aged nine. He was a first-teamer for the best part of a decade, having become the Gunners' youngest ever league debutant, aged 16 years and 256 days. Although he had spells on loan at Bolton in 2009-10 and Bournemouth 2016-17 during that time. In all, the left-footed schemer played 197 games for the club, scoring 14 goals. The new boys. Number 8, Felipe Anderson. Born Brasilia in Brazil, 15th of April 1993. Previously with Santos and Lazio, games 2, goals none. A pacey, creative Brazilian midfielder, Felipe became West Ham's new record signing when he joined from Lazio for a reported £36 million last month. The 25-year-old was highly coveted despite a disappointing injury-curtailed 2017-18 season with the Rome club, for whom he scored 25 goals in 137 Serie A appearances over a four-and-a-half-year spell. An Olympic gold medal winner at the 2016 Games in Rio, he's only played once for the senior Brazil team back in 2015, but has been earmarked as one of the country's most promising talents since his early days with Santos, where he developed alongside Neymar. Number 20. Andrei Yarmolenko. Born St. Petersburg, Russia, 23rd of October 1989. Previously with Dynamo Kiev, Borussia Dortmund. Games 2, goals none. West Ham staged quite a coup to land Yarmolenko for £80 million from Borussia Dortmund in July after the Ukraine international had spent just one season in Germany. Ukraine's all-time second-highest scorer behind Andriy Shevchenko with 35 goals in his 77 internationals. 28-year-old left-footer is a heady mixture of power and skill and has been voted Ukrainian Footballer of the Year in four of the past five seasons. His first two Hammers appearances were from the bench, but once the ex-Dynamo Kiev stalwart adjusts, he should become a major Premier League attraction. The Goals Number 17, Javier Hernandez, born Guadalajara, Mexico, 1st of June 1988, previously with Guadalajara, Man United, Real Madrid on loan and Bayer Leverkusen. Games 35, goals 8. Mexico's all-time top scorer with 50 goals in 105 games, the most recent coming in a 2-1 win over South Korea in Russia earlier this summer. The third World Cup in which he's scored, Chicharito joined West Ham last year from Bayer Leverkusen. He struck eight league goals for the Hammers in 2017-18, despite often being overlooked by his ex-Man United manager David Moyes. He won the Premier League title twice with United under Sir Alex Ferguson, who brought him to England from Mexican club Guadalajara. The boss, Manuel Pellegrini. 
Born September 16, 1953. Games 2. Previously with Universidad de Chile. Palestino. O'Higgins. Universidad Católica. Palestino. Liga de Quito. San Lorenzo. River Plate. Villarreal. Real Madrid. Malaga. Manchester City. Hybe China Fortune. The ex-Man City boss ended a two-year spell with Hybe China Fortune to return to England. Appointed City Manager in June 2013, the Chilean won both the Premier League and the League Cup in his debut season. A former one-club central defender with Universidad de Chile, his first European job was at Villarreal, which peaked with a 2005-2006 Champions League semi-final defeat by Arsenal that earned him a move to Real Madrid. Fair play. For the first time in the club's histories, Arsenal and West Ham's women's teams will play in the same league this season after the upwardly mobile Hammers were promoted to the WSL1 for the first time in the summer. The two teams actually played each other last Sunday in the Continental Cup with Arsenal running out winners 3-1, 3.4. The distance between West Ham's previous stadium at Upton Park and their new home at the London Stadium, which they moved into at the start of the 2016-17 season, is 3.4 miles. Michael Cox's scouting report. Which of the two systems employed this season will West Ham opt for today? After an impressive summer of recruitment and the capture of former Premier League winner Manuel Pellegrini as manager, West Ham appeared set for an exciting campaign. Two matches in, however, and the Hammers are yet to collect a point. The most concerning weakness has been the side's defensive performance after West Ham conceded four goals at Anfield on the opening weekend when they constantly found their high line breached. In his stint at Manchester City, Pellegrini favoured an unusual tactic where his back four were instructed not to drop deeper than the edge of the penalty box unless the opposition played the ball in behind. That approach is often exploited by through balls and well-timed runs and Arsenal might be able to find some joy through that approach this afternoon. There's a familiar face in goal. Former gunner Lukas Fabianski enjoyed an impressive 2017-18 despite Swansea City's relegation and has deservedly stayed in the Premier League. At the heart of the defence, there's another newcomer, Paraguayan defender Fabian Balbuena, who has been partnered by Italian international Angelo Ogbonna thus far. On the left of the defence, Arthur Masaku is a consistent attacking threat on the overlap, although can be guilty of leaving his centre-backs exposed. Ryan Fredericks, a capture from Fulham in the summer, started the season at right-back, but Pablo Zabaleta replaced him for the 2-1 loss to Bournemouth last time out. Fredericks offers considerably more speed. Pellegrini has deployed two different systems so far, going with a 4-2-3-1 away at Anfield before switching to two up front for the home game against Bournemouth. This has changed the role of another ex-Arsenal man, Jack Wilshire, who started at the top of the midfield trio against Liverpool before being brought back alongside Mark Noble last weekend. Declan Rice, a centre-back by trade, was deployed in the deepest midfield role at Liverpool, but Colombian international Carlos Sanchez is likely to replace him eventually. West Ham boasts tremendous individual quality going forward. Felipe Anderson, signed from Lazio in the summer, is a quick, lively attacker who started wide on the left. On the right, Pellegrini has tried both the energetic, physical and sometimes prolific winger Mikhail Antonio and Robert Snodgrass, who cuts inside to shoot from long range and is a tremendous set-piece taker. Ukrainian winger Andriy 
Yamalenko is another who likes to cut inside, although has been used from the bench in both matches so far. Up front, Marko Anatovic has adjusted well to being deployed as a lone striker at West Ham. Having previously been a winger, he makes excellent runs into the channels and also offers a threat in the air. If Pellegrini starts with two up front, Javier Hernandez will play just off Anatovic, but it seems more likely the Mexican will be deployed in his old super-sub role here. Andy Carroll, so often the scourge of Arsenal in the air, is out injured. Opta stats, Premier League season 2017-18. Total shots, Marco Anatovic, four. Chicharito, three. Mikel Antonio and Fabian Barbuena, two. Jack Wilshire, one. Total passes, Mark Noble, 129, Jack Wilshire, 93, Arthur Masoku, 91, Fabian Balbuena, 90, and Felipe Anderson, 78. Total clearances, Fabian Balbuena, 13, Angelo Ogbonna, 7, Arthur Masoku, 4, Pablo Zabaleta, Robert Snodgrass, and Lucas Fabianski, 3, Mikhail Antonio and Felipe Anderson, 2. Chances created. Felipe Anderson and Marco Arnautovic, three. Mark Noble, two. Pablo Zabaleta, Lucas Perez, Mikel Antonio, Andre Liambolanco, Jack Wilshire, and Angelo Ogbonna, one. One hundred consecutive years in the top flight. Rob Holding, life at the top. Arsenal have spent 100 years at the very highest level of league football in this country. But how did our players scale the heights to get to the top of their profession? We find out. When did you first want to become a footballer? When I was younger, I just played football because I liked it. That's why you played. It wasn't until I was about 14 or 15 when it started to be an option after school that I realised I could make a career out of it. Wanting to be a footballer and play football was something that you always dreamed of at a young age. But the realisation that you could actually do it would have been later, through high school. What's your first footballing memory? I would have been young, but I remember that we used to go shopping to this supermarket and I used to have a little football that I'd be kicking around behind the trolley. I had a football everywhere I went. Did you play other sports? I played cricket at school, and I was a fast bowler and a decent fielder, but I never batted. I hated batting. Athletics and rugby sevens, but I wasn't allowed to do full rugby in case of injury. I was always quite sporty, so my PE teachers always made sure to throw me into loads of sports. What was your first football team? I joined a junior team at about six or seven, my local team, and then from there it was Bolton when I was eight. It was an early start. What are your memories of playing at that age? I wasn't really thinking about it. It was just playing football and playing the games. I suppose I didn't realise the stature it was compared to my mates who were playing in Sunday League while I was in an academy. I didn't realise that it was such a bigger thing. What position were you? Back then it was seven aside, so we had two at the back, so I was right back and a centre half. I always remained on that side of the halfway line. I'd say it's quite similar to now in that I'd play it quite simple and I didn't really try to do much. When I was at my local team, I'd do everything, but when I went to Bolton, there was a structure to it and I had to pass to other people and let them create things and score goals. I was very much at the back and steady. I've made a career out of being steady. 
I was always a bit taller than my teammates, but when I got to high school there were some really tall kids and I was just under them. I've always been above average. What's the first game you can remember playing? The tournaments were the best days. It was seven aside and you had all day there. We played on Staley Bridge Celtics ground and their junior team was split into four different pitches. You just bounced around between each pitch through the day. That's one of my earliest memories of football. Who were the key figures in your development? Mainly my dad. He helped a lot with the Sunday League team and did the administration side of it, so we were always at every game and I was always playing. He was the one that took me to training at Bolton, which was like a 40-minute or an hour drive, so I would say my dad was my biggest influence. Did you ever get bored of football at that age? No, because I never knew any different. Because I started so young, my weekends were football. It's not like I'd go out with my mates at night or through the weekends. I was always up early the next day for football, and that was just the norm. So if mates ask if I'm coming out tonight for this house party or whatever, I'd just say that I have training tomorrow. That was normal for me. Did you ever have doubts about going into football as a career? Yeah, there was a time when I had a coach who wasn't that helpful and I was finding it hard to play, not enjoying it as much. I was thinking whether this is something that I really want to do or not. I had that, but then there was a change of manager and the coach at the reserve level changed. Then I broke into the first team. You could say that's what made me have a chance. Was that a critical moment in your career then? Yes, it was definitely one of the key moments. I was 18 or 19, just finishing my scholarship. I had a third year scholarship. Some lads got pro contracts, but I'd played as a second year scholar in the reserves and I'd been given a third year which I thought was a bit disrespectful at the time. We never really saw eye to eye from then, but when the new manager came in, it all changed. Did you think about a life outside of football? Well, I was looking at going to universities in America, playing football out there and getting qualifications. That was one of the ways that I could carry on playing football. Out in America, they have the whole college system, and it would have been a better way to carry on playing football for a few more years. That was happening in January of that third year. But then the manager changed in early January and by March I had to decide if I wanted to do that or stay and commit to football. Then two months later they said that they're going to give me a contract for next year and then I made my breakthrough that year. Tell us about your first team debut. It was against Burton Albion in the Caribou Cup in 2015. I was on the bench for the opening game of the season against Derby and the following Tuesday we had the Caribou Cup game and the boss, Neil Lennon, said, you're starting. I played that game and the following weekend against Middlesbrough, then dropped out of the team for a bit, had to work hard and get back into it, and then I maintained a starting role until the end of the season. Who watched your debut? My dad and granddad. They were there from the beginning, at every game, and always made an effort to get to each game no matter what. I never really liked my mum watching when I was younger and she's not massively into football. She enjoys shopping more, so she was happy to go and shop whilst the lads watched football. Did you celebrate making your debut? Well, my family was saying this is just the beginning. My dad always made sure to keep my feet firmly on the ground, telling me there's always another goal to work towards. 
Tell us about your move to Arsenal. I was living at the team hotel, doing my medical, had started training, but I'd not told anyone because the news hadn't been released by Arsenal yet. So I was turning up to training, seeing the superstars and Arsene Wenger at the time and just thinking, this is actually happening, but I can't tell anyone about it. I remember I was sat at the hotel when it got announced and my phone just blew up like, you've signed for Arsenal, is this true? And I was like, yeah, I'm there now and it's happened. It was a bit crazy to keep it secret for a while. What's been your career highlight so far? The FA Cup semi-final in 2017 because growing up as a United fan, City were the enemy. I nearly scored as well, which was unlucky. A load of my mates were in the city end and they were wishing me good luck and saying, just don't score against us. Some of them messaged me afterwards and were really happy for me. What's been your lowest moment? I would say Liverpool away last season when we lost 4-0. It was towards the end of the transfer window and there was a bit of uncertainty around the team and we got played off the park. They came at us and once Anfield lifts, they are a force. It's difficult. It was a tough one to bounce back from. How much have you changed in style since your early days? Well, I always try to stay relaxed. I don't work myself up too much because that's when you make mistakes. I always had this laid-back attitude of what will happen will happen. It's how you react to it. You can't control every aspect of the game. You've got to let it happen. I've always had that approach and it will probably stay. Is being a professional footballer what you imagined it would be? Yes, I don't do anything differently to what I did growing up. It's as if I'm still at school. I come to work, I have a laugh with my mates but work hard. Do the work and then go home and chill out at home waiting for the next day. The odd time you get recognised is a bit different, but I just live day by day. There's nothing overly special about what we do in our off time. Do you love football as much as you always have? Oh yeah, I was watching the World Cup in the summer. I was out in America and even with the time difference I was making sure I was getting up every day to watch the games. If you have kids in the future, would you encourage them to become professional footballers? Yeah, if they enjoy kicking a ball around with me then I'm more than happy to do that. And if they enjoy throwing it through a basketball hoop then that's good too. It's their life. I'd let them be free to make their own choices. I can imagine it would be a sporty household, though. Rob Holding was talking to Josh James. Match Action, Sunday, August 12, 2018, 1600 hours. Emirates Stadium, Premier League, attendance 59,934. Arsenal 0. Manchester City 2. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal 9. Manchester City 17. Shots on target. Arsenal 3. Manchester City 8. Corners. Arsenal 2. Manchester City 9. Offsides. Arsenal 7. Manchester City 2. Fouls. Arsenal 11. Manchester City 14. Possession. Arsenal 42%, Manchester City 58%. 27. Matteo Gunduzi is the 27th French player to play for us in the Premier League. No club has had more French players in the competition. 
Newcastle are also on 27. Arsenal nil, Manchester City 2. Referee, Michael Oliver. Goal scorers, Manchester City. Sterling, 16th minute. Bernardo Silva, 63rd minute. Match action, first half. Manchester City bossed the early stages, culminating in Raheem Sterling scoring the opening goal. A fizzing drive into the corner after he scampered in field to shoot from a central position. Riyad Mahrez was inches away from doubling the lead and Petr Cech was forced into a fine double save to deny the new City signing from a free kick and the follow-up from Aymeric Laporte. But despite a few scares, the Gunners stayed in the game and with our pressing tactics to the fore, we've carved out a few opportunities of our own. Hector Bellerin's excellent first touch set up a shot that Edison pushed away and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang fired just wide. Second half. Substitute Alexandre Lacazette made a difference in the second half and went close within moments of coming on. But Czech was still busy and had to be at his best to deny Sergio Aguero when he raced through on goal. It was a temporary reprieve. Bernardo Silva rattled home from Benjamin Mendy's cutback to give City some breathing space. That goal took the wind out of our sails, and although we continued to push forward, City kept us at arm's length for the rest of the game. There were certainly positives to take from this display against an outfit who are likely to be the team to beat this season. Arsenal team, number one, Czech. Number two, Bellerin. Number five, Socrates. Number 20, Mustafi. Number 15, Maitland-Niles, substitute 35th minute. Number 10, Ozil. Number 29, Zaka, substitute 69th minute. Number 7, Mkhitaryan. Number 14, Aubameyang. Number 29, Gwenduzi. Number 8, Ramsey, substitute 54 minutes. Substitutes. Number 4, Elneny. Number 9, Lacazetti, substitute 54th minute. Number 11, Torriera, substitute 69th minute. Number 16, Holding. Number 12, Lichsteiner, substitute 35th minute. Number 19, Leno. Number 17, Iwobi. Manchester City team. Number 31, Edison. Number 2, Walker. Number 5, Stones, number 14, Laporte, number 22, Mendy, number 25, Fernandinho, number 8, Gundogan, number 20, Silva, number 26, Mares, substitute 59th minute, number 7, Sterling, substitute 86th minute, number 10, Aguero, substitute 79th minute. Substitutes, number one, Bravo, number four, Company, number 17, De Bruyne, substitute 59th minute, number 19, Sane, substitute 86th minute, number 30, Otamendi, number 33, Jesus, substitute 79th minute, number 47, Foden. 34 years, 208 days, Stefan Nicksteiner, is the oldest outfield player to make his Premier League debut for Arsenal. 102. Arsenal kick off their 102nd season of top-flight football.
Teams for Arsenal had coach Unai Emery, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, and red and white socks. One Petra Chak, goalkeeper. Two Hector Bellerin. Four Mohamed Elneny. Five Socrates Papastathopoulos. Six Laurent Koscielny. Seven Henrik Mikatarian. Eight Aaron Ramsey. Nine Alexandre Lacazette. Ten Mesut Özil. Eleven Lukas Torreira. Twelve Steven Lichtsteiner. Fourteen Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Fifteen Ainsley Maitland Niles. Sixteen Rob Holding. Seventeen Alexey Wobi. Eighteen Nacho Monreal. Nineteen Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. Twenty Schroeder Mustafi. Twenty-three Danny Welbeck. Twenty-five Carl Jenkinson. Twenty-six Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. Twenty-seven. Konstantinos Mavrapanos, 29. Matur Ganduzi, 31. Seat Kolasinac, 34. Granit Xhaka. For West Ham United, manager Manuel Pellegrini, dark teal shirts and short yellow socks. 1. Lukas Fabianski, goalkeeper. 2. Winston Reid, 3. Aaron Craswell, 4. Fabian Balbuena, 5. Pablo Zabaleta, 7. Marco Onortovich 8. Felipe Anderson 9. Andy Carroll 10. Manuel Lanzini 11. Robert Snodgrass 13. Adrian, goalkeeper 14. Pedro Obiang 15. Carlos Sanchez 16. Mark Noble 17. Javier Hernandez 19. Jack Wilshire 20. Andri Yarmolenko 21. Angelo Ogbana 23. Issa Diop 24. Ryan Fredericks 26. Artur Masuaku 27. Lukas Perez 30. Mikhail Antonio 33. Josh Cullen 35. Reese Oxford 37. Nathan Holland 39. Josh Pask 41. Declan Rice Officials Referee Graham Scott, Assistant Referees Scott Ledger, Michael McDonough, Fourth Official Kevin Friend. Fixtures, today's other fixtures, 3pm unless stated. Wolverhampton Wanderers vs Manchester United at 12.30pm. Bournemouth vs Everton. Huddersfield Town vs Cardiff City. Southampton vs Leicester City. Liverpool vs Brighton and Hove Albion at 5.30pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.